Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I hate to say it, but you're probably right. What brings you here? Red, he's an anthropologist. I'm an archaeologist. This is important. Speaking of leaving and never coming back. That means that dude had sex. That, what a great rack on that one. <laughs> it explodes. You saw it move. You shot at it. An arrow goes into my stomach. Oh, no. What would I tell Jack? I'm going to let Red answer that question because he is one of our most proficient liars. That's right. <laughs> cool. Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 109, Common Ground. MVP this week is Connor Duffy, who wrote some kind things on Twitter comparing us to some other legendary podcasts. Thanks so much, Connor. Hope you continue to enjoy. Thanks, Connor. If you've been enjoying the show so far, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Our reward tiers offer great value for each level of patronage, and you'll be an excellent company. And if that's not in your budget right now, go ahead and leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, or just take their phone and subscribe them to our show without their permission. People love it when you do that. Just help us any way you can. <laughs> All right, shall we do this? Yeah, let's do it. So I'm going to admit it, I didn't... I wasn't really crazy about it when Harlan initially showed it to me, but now it's really coming around. I'm <gasps> coming around on it. Huh? It's oh. a TV show. Uh-huh. You guys might know it. Huh? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, oh. It is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. Do you guys Charlie! Know <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I think from the internet I've picked up something about milk steak. Something about that <laughs> meme with the crazy guy and, and, and trying to figure out all this stuff in a closet. Yeah. Pepe Silvia. Um, maybe. And then I started blasting. Is that from, from the show? Oh, it started certainly blasting. is. Uh, Danny yeah. DeVito makes it. So yeah. th- that's that's the sum total of what I know about this show is the meme Does stuff. Does it make you feel like you're missing out on something? No. I don't know. I, I didn't know anything more about it to, to care. But I'd love to hear, uh-huh. I'd love to hear what you're clicking with it. What's, what's making it work for you? 
initially I was like, man, these people are fucking awful and they I are. don't care yeah. about what <laughs> happens to them because they're so detestable, rude and yeah. cruel to each other. Mm, and, so bad. and then I was like, but then, but that's, but then I don't have to care what happens to these people. Exactly. You can kind of watch them just smoke meth. Yeah. Crack. They and smoke do, crack. They yeah. smoke crack cocaine and they do. That's like one episode or two episodes. Oh, well, they it's do a just, it takes the Seinfeld formula. And and runs it through a meat grinder to mm-hmm. a degree. And I mean that in two, two ways. One, I think Seinfeld started off as a group of friends, but it quickly – and part of the reason I think it became so popular is because they're not really good people, the mm-hmm. Seinfeld cast. They're all shitty. But they do it sort of in a way that still makes them good people. You're kind of like, oh, they're charming and da da, da. Yeah. And sort of the concept with It's Always Sunny is it's like Seinfeld, except with no redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. all the Rorschach. They're all the terrible, terrible type of person. And even the people who you think are the good people in the show, like Charlie, there's a few moments where you're like, oh, Charlie's got a good heart. Nah, he's the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, he's terrible. They're all terrible. And he for s- drinks a lot of paint. <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's so wonderful to see a show that counters all of the obvious tropes that we have become so familiar with mm. you know what I mean yeah. like every episode on some family show you watch right now or whatever you know whether it be like modern family or this is us or whatever they all have like similar things you know there's always going to be like an a plot and a b plot mm-hmm. and tender moments yeah. and the the happy resolution Joe was like there- that they just just don't learn from any of their mistakes Never, ever. ever. Yeah. Was there a moment that really changed your opinion on it? Or was it more like this thing that these shoes got worn in and suddenly they were comfortable after like painfully grinding to a point That's where... That's a good question. I like the way That's you put that, question. Rob. Honestly... It was the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia drinking game that Harlan and I played. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Harlan yeah. and I rarely drink, but I don't rem- even remember what the whole, like... Because you were too drunk after? No, because no, you, no, no, you no. weren't really digging it. You I were kind of like... I wasn't digging it. And you know what? You had just brought home some new beers from Chronicle. and Shout out. Shout out to Chronicle. <laughs> and you were like, hey, I want to watch some It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And usually I'm like, cool, I'm going to go upstairs and whatever, do some yogurt for fucking whatever else I do. Do some yogurt? And then, yeah, sometimes. But then, I, I thought you said do some yogurt. <laughs> Alex, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, but I don't recall any like specifics about it. Yeah, that's Justin, fair. have you seen it? I feel like you've seen yeah. it. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen some episodes. Uh, I've got season seven randomly. The DVD for season seven. Season seven's a good season. Seven. Yeah, yeah. Love a random season. Of season a TV four is the best season, DVD. though. If you only had to own one season, Rob, go out and buy season four. You know what's funny, actually? That comment that you just made, Harlan, when people say, oh, you have to watch, if you're going to watch this, you have to go and watch season two, or you have to go and watch season four. Like the fact that you remember a specific season of a, yeah. of a show. Is impressive because, like, for it's me, so I'm good. like, I don't remember. Same. Yeah, my... I don't remember shit. I'm like, there was a good episode where they pooped the bed. Alex is yeah. not a discerning customer. That's true. That's fine though. I like, I like an unsnobby viewer. Like, mm. hopefully, everyone who listens to Dice Shame isn't going to be like, oh, episodes 45 through yeah. 90 are the worst, and you have to listen up to episode 200. Really, you like an Alex jokes. listener. Do you, does Dice Shame have seasons? Like, do you, if you, are there story breaks where you're like, oh, that's where if this was TV, that would be the end of break one? Like, if you look back over the 100 episodes. Yeah. I think so, yeah. 100%. Where do you see the, the like, nodes in that way? Nightstone to Waterdeep. Yeah. 
Waterdeep to Grudhog. Yeah. Grudhog to Icewind Dale. Yeah. Icewind Dale to Jalanthar. I see it more in terms of characters. Sort of till the first time we got to Waterdeep. And then the era of like reconciliation. We, we ran out of budget. And so B and Oren had to go off the show. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, what scenes do you see as the season ends? As the season end? Yeah. The wedding in Shadowtop Cathedral is a season ending. Oh, I don't know. That, sure. that to me seems like a, a Christmas special. Oh, <laughs> does it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely Grudhog feels like that's a season finale. Right, like the, the yes. win at Grudhog. I definitely buy that. Big W. Uh, Have we done any other giant strongholds? Nope. He's the only one. You guys are right now traveling around right. getting Chapter one giant... of the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like the Oracle is one. I don't know, but there's, good, but there's good bad seasons with everything. We were watching Bob's Burgers for a while, and honestly, I find it's just kind of gone downhill. Agree. It's not a bad show. I still enjoy it, but it's just not really the same. It's like Simpsons. I mean, anyone who says Simpsons hasn't gone downhill does not watch the show. Oh, it hasn't gone downhill. Okay. <laughs> I don't watch the show. <laughs> I think people can have whatever opinions they would like. Of course. You could say Simpsons is a commentary on ever. gun control, but it doesn't mean it's right. For anything that's an institution, it's certainly not a monolith, right? I, I don't know. Absolutely. Because it's been, it's isn't it like 25 years or something? More it's than Oh, yeah. It's so long. Well, where were you 33 years ago? I bet it's a different place than today. I was one years old. Right? We'll be doing this for 33 years. Yeah, we'll be doing it. For we'll be playing Dice Shame. 1989 is when it started. In 30 years, we'll be in our 60s. Jesus yeah, man. Christ. We're going to play old people D&D. <laughs> That's scary. Come on, that'll be middle-aged D&D. It's going to be Don't... D&D 7th edition. Years Actually, funnily enough, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the longest-running live-action comedy series really? ever. <laughs> live-action so, yeah, comedy series. Comedy series. It just it like just surpassed like Bob Newhart or something. They're on season 15. 2005. Yeah, that's... Anyways, so... Shall we play some D&D? We should play some D&D, guys. Let's play some D&D. Let's play some D&D. Let's play some freaking D&D. All right, guys. You're on your way to the Great Worm Cavern. It's the 16 of Night All, and you've made your way to the northeast end of the Valley of Kedrun, deep in the spine of the world. You come to the spot marked on the map that Harshneg gave you. There's a rocky crevasse, thickly coated in ice, that conceals a cave opening. In fact, it takes you some time to locate it from the air, finally discerning some faint foot trails in the snow leading to its entrance. I think I see it down there, Red says as he's like creening over the bow of the ship, just looking down, his eagle eye able to spot the trail. Mm -hmm. He turns back to Jack, who's just standing without a coat. How are you not cold? <laughs> I know, you little warm rune. What do you think, Jack? Should we maybe do what we've been doing before? We'll go down via ladder and maybe have the thing go off a little bit. I mean, if anything, it could be kind of chaotic out down there if, if their chieftain was the one we encountered at the Oracle. Right. You know, if that white dragon was a pet or a, a totem or, or something associated with them, and that's also hasn't returned in a while, who knows what we're going to encounter when we get down there. We don't know what kind of people they are. It was a small band of them that had come to where we were, and it was a fair distance away. Why don't we head down, do sneaky-like, and do a little bit of scouting, and see what we can figure out before we make any brash decisions. Regardless, I do think we should have the ship a little bit out of sight so that they don't think we're trying to do anything violent or dangerous. Yep, for sure. 
Hey, and and we could always send your uh, dog Kieran up, and and you can determine if somebody. Yeah, Kieran's so adorable. Who's ever gonna be mean to Kieran and gives him a? Yeah, <laughs> I prefer cats. You know if they're gonna attack a dog. Make sure his hat's on properly and his little booties are ready for the snow, and the most adorable golden retriever familiar is ready to go. <laughs> All right, well let's do this thing. Red walks over to the railing. Hops over to the unfurled ladder and slides down towards the ground. Thick ice hangs above the entrance to the cavern, forming icicles that stretch from floor to ceiling. And past the ice pillars, the dark mouth of the cave yawns before you. There are traces here and there on the ground around the entrance that betrays the passage of groups of people. A little discoloration in the ice, a couple of thawed and refrozen heel prints a discarded piece of animal bone. And from deep within the cave, you hear the echoey sound of a baby crying. Clearly the cave is occupied. Oh, hold on, guys. Lay back for a second. Red walks up to where the tracks start to enter the cave, and he puts his head to the ground. And I'm going to use my primeval awareness to sense roughly how many humanoids are within a five-mile radius. But more specifically, what I want to know is the tracks in and out, I can tell exactly how many of my favorite enemy has come in and out. And what I want to know is if they have patrols, if they are kind of rooting in there, you know, are they hunkering down from a storm, or is this a passageway that's constantly traversed? There's about 70 humanoids in this cavern. Mm. Mm. And from... Your interpretation of the tracks going in and out, this is a frequently used area and has been for quite some time. Mm. All right. Red stands up and walks back to Jack and Kraloth and Doran. Well, look, it's about 70 people in there. What? Oh, my goodness. Now, this isn't an off-tribe. This is a well-used cavern. This is a place where they live. Hmm. I don't know, Jack. Do you know anything about them? I know the people that we encountered weren't exactly friendly, but I don't know. I feel like there might be a, a social play here. I'm not looking for violence. There doesn't have to be. I think we need to figure out where the giant relic is, and and after that, we we need to make a decision on how we extract it. Yeah, but if there's a lot of people around, it makes it really difficult to you know walk in and just take whatever we need. Well, there's also an option here that. I don't know if you remember, but the tattoo I got allows me to disguise myself. Mm. I'm not saying it's the first play out of the book, but... You could make yourself look like a big winter yeti monster, and we, we could pretend to be defending the, the, these people from, from you. Let's call that plan F. Anyway, I think we should just go in and talk to them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jack's still kind of marveling at the cave, trying to trying to think about it. And yeah, if uh, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable, you know, playing the role of the shaman or the chieftain we encountered in there. But it, you know, I'm just not sure that we'd have the context we needed to authentically be that person. But let's go see who's inside. All right. Let's sheathe our weapons, Doran. I sort of nod to him as he's holding orc splitter dripping with blood. Hey, yeah, no, let's uh, let's approach unthreatening. And remember, close to the chest. I don't know what that means. And Red stops a few steps. He turns around and says, well, let's not tell them why we're here just yet. Unless it seems naturally logical to tell them what we want, uh, let's just keep our mouths shut. Doesn't mean we lie to them. It's a lie of omission. We just 
Tell them what we need to tell them. I'll let you talk, because I uh, tend to say too much. Lead the way, Red. All right, let's go. On entering the cave, you see that the floor, walls, and ceiling are all glazed with thick ice. An arrow goes into my stomach. Oh no, this was a bad idea. Run! Red bleeds out. Party wipe. <laughs> Doran falls from the edge of the cliff. TPK. Let's go back to our last save point and we can try it again. <laughs> yeah, let's reload. Reload. You reload? Reload. Yeah. On entering the cave, you see that the floor, walls, and ceiling are all glazed with thick ice that gleams and glitters, suggesting reflected light from somewhere further inside. Huge icicles hang down from the ceiling, but the tunnel quickly gains in lofty height opening up to a giant cavern some 60 feet from where you stand at the cave mouth. As you head inside, you note several features of the cavern. Up the cavern wall, about 70 feet from the ground, a ledge of ice-covered rock overlooks the entrance and encircles the entire cavern. Standing atop these ledges, looking down on the entrance, two statues of some kind stand motionless. And several small caves at the base of the cavern appear to be occupied. A human in furs walks back and forth in the opening of one such cave, shushing and rocking an infant. Oh. Another barbarian at the opposite side of the cavern is bent over, feeding a fire. Other cooking fires and torches provide dim light throughout this living space. This is a very large cavern. We're talking several hundred feet. Rising from the back of the cavern into the gloom is a triangular promontory of ice-covered rock, 120 feet above the cavern floor at least. Something large sits on the back wall of the cave at the top of this promontory, but it's too far away and high up to make out any detail apart from its shape, seemingly a hanging tapestry or decoration of some kind. Is anybody looking at us? Not immediately, but you've barely come into the mouth of the cavern at this point. Okay. I think we'll approach as far as those statues. Mm-hmm. And then when we can see them, I'll sort of just nudge Jack and sort of point with my chin up there. Yeah. You see the glaze of the ice? Uh, I can tell you from living in caverns my whole life that... This cave has been occupied for quite some time because you don't get that kind of glaze unless people are living here. And then when he sees the baby with the man with the infant, he says, See that baby? That means that dude had sex. No one gets that kind of baby without having sex. <laughs> That's a real sex baby. That's, see that baby meat? That's really delicious. <laughs> Good meat. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. Jesus Christ. No. Don't learn that from Kremlot. What I was going to say was, Oh, this could be very good for us. Usually, there are you know there aren't babies where there's warriors. This 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 could be a, a no fight situation. No fight zone. But you could kill anything. Shut up. <laughs> kill the baby. Shut up. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> yeah, Jack's sort of being being as reverent as he can. He's he's very rarely been in like Uthgart tribe spaces that weren't destroyed in some way or another recently or historically. And so to see a space where people are living and making it their home and, and having families and, and going about their daily life, Jack's trying to soak in as many of those mundane details as he can about like how these people live. And and also looking at these statues to figure out what their deal is. Mm-hmm. Did you want to roll perception? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's see what there is you're still quite far away, but I can give you some general details. These are outhouses. This is what they poop on. It is a lawn gnome. Yeah. 
uh, my passive perception is 11, which is better than the seven I rolled. Yeah, you're not sure. Um, but as you look up, you see the figures of several people approach the edge and spot you. They shout sharply from the ledges, indicating that your entrance has been noted. What language are they shouting? You don't know. Okay. I hold a hand up high, sort of in a sign of peace. My hands open, not holding a weapon. Mm -hmm. Several people look out from the ice caves around the perimeter of the cavern, curious at first and then disappearing. A lone figure remains in the mouth of one of the smaller caves, leaning heavily on a staff. And... The warriors standing atop the ledges brandish spears in a threatening manner, but don't attack you. We mean you no harm. Well met. Uh, yeah, I'm a dwarf. He's a dwarf. <laughs> my name is Red. This is my best friend Doran, the aforementioned dwarf. Yes. My best friend Jack and, and my best friend Kraloth. Hello. The yelling from the warriors atop this ledge increases in intensity. I think I try speaking to them in Draconic, because if they're the Great Worm Tribe, and they have a penchant for... Dragon! Kill it! <laughs> yeah, I'm... <laughs> because if they're the Great Worm Tribe, and they had a worm, I'm curious if they might speak that. So in Draconic, I say, we mean you no harm. Hmm, interesting. An older man wrapped in furs comes out of one of the cave entrances that is quite close to where you are standing. And he waves overhead with one of his hands, turns to you, and kind of approaches warily. Kieran, go be adorable. <laughs> they slaughter the dog as it runs towards them. Kieran runs up towards this elder that is approaching you, does a quick sniff around knee height, and then takes off into the cave that this human came from. You hear the delighted laughter of several children. Oh. Uh, Kieran seems to have found his target audience. <laughs> Just like our <laughs> listeners. And Welcome. the older man in very halting draconic says, hmm. Are you friendly? Yes, we are friendly. Do you speak common or is draconic an easier language for you to understand? Draconic, bad. Common, no. But wait. And he gestures. And then he says, no arms? No arms. Ah, and I put my bow down by my feet. Yes, that brings a big smile to his face. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then I pick the bow up again, but I kind of walk to a corner and I like lean it next to like a wicker basket or something. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't want to put my plus two bow <laughs> <laughs> on the ground. And I kind of turn to everyone. I say, everyone, put your weapons over here. In in Draconic, I I suggest I know magic that could help us understand you. Would that be okay if I cast that spell? He kind of waves at you in a permissive way, or in like <laughs> a in like a I don't really understand what you're trying to tell me, but right. I'd just wait here a minute. So I know that waves so much. I know that waves so well. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old person like anytime you're traveling and you're like, can I have this? And they're like. Uh, you're like, oh, no. Now that I said that out loud, I remember something about the tribes and magic being a bad mix that Jack would have known, but he got really str strung up on, but I could understand you. Oh, but I didn't cast that spell. Oh, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. <sighs> so he's going to maybe not say that he's a wizard again. Doran, come put your axe over here. Yes, of course. And they seem friendly, but uh, he didn't want us to have weapons. And I turned back to the old man and I say, It makes sense. Uh, we're travelers from around here, and we're wondering if we could... 
stay and speak with you. Are you the leader here? No, no leader. Um, what is the leader gone, or are you a tribe that doesn't have a leader? Yeah, he nods at leader gone. Ah, and I sort of give a unsuspecting eyebrow raise towards the others, and I turn back to the men and just say, "Is he a good leader?" It was once a good leader. Oh. His face clouds with frustration at not being able to converse fluently with you. And he beckons for you to follow him. Oh, and we follow him. Mm-hmm. He leads you back some 150 feet into the chamber and brings you to the mouth of a cave. These caves look like living quarters. Small family units seem to occupy each one. And he gestures for you to follow you into this cave. It's dimly lit by a small wood fire. And a woman and a man and two children sit there in the darkness, looking worried at your entry. The Mm. older man says something in a language you don't understand. The woman stands up and she says, I am Kavan in common to you. Hello, Kavan. My name is Red. This is my best friends Doran, Jack, and Kraloth. Hello. We mean you no harm. Why are you at the Great Worm Tribe Cavern? Well, I go to speak and Doran takes a half step forward. I'm going to let Red answer that question because he is one of our most proficient liars. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We are on a journey of sorts. One that was given to us from our place of immense power. Each of us adds pieces. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And you need help? In a way, yes. Um, We are looking for things that were taken from the giants long ago. She nods. We are on a task to retrieve. What, Alex? I'm just fucking around. Just continue, sorry. (laughs) Sounded like a song. These are are song lyrics. (laughs) Taken from the giants long ago. And we're on a task to retrieve. Welcome to the Great Worm Cavern. The Odyssey. Great Worm <laughs> Cavern. This is the worst song. <laughs> I love it. It's like Creed. <laughs> she says, we have one giant belonging. Yes. Is it of extreme significance to your peoples here? She takes you back out to the mouth of this cave and looking out into the larger cavern, she points at the far wall up behind the promontory at this hanging thing. You're somewhat closer to it now. You can distinguish that it is semicircular or crescent-shaped and is quite large. She says, there, it is there. Can we go closer? If you can. She gestures that to get up to this promontory, there are these two ramps that lead up to the like 60 or 70 foot ledge and they ascend on like a 45 degree angle and it's just sheer ice. Oh. Oh. She says, this is sacred ground. Sacred how? The bones of our beloved dead reside atop that ledge. 
I think this is where Doran probably steps forward too. And we understand and respect sacred grounds of all people. And we've seen the destruction that uh, some people have done to sacred grounds, and it's it's terrible. We 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 do not want to disrespect you and your people. Would your ancestors be offended if we were to traverse in their grounds? If you spend time here with us and pray to them and speak with them and they permit you passage, I cannot disagree. Hmm. I think we'd love to spend a little bit of time. Our friend Jack here is actually a long-time follower of various tribes around here. I'm sure he'd love to have a lot of information. And I, and I myself would love to see some of those little babies over there, actually. And, and maybe take a little tour, if someone could give me a tour. And I look to the old man that speaks Draconic. And in Draconic, I say to him, Would you give me a tour of your lovely place? He says, We walk in Halting Draconic. Yeah. And Kaven says, that is Yalgrat. He has seen many moons. Yalgrat. I like him. Yalgrat. And I uh, turn to the others and I say, that seems fair, right? We hang out here a little bit and mm-hmm. get to know them a little bit. Kraloth, you can take care of the praying for all of us. <laughs> Being the religious one. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no no reservations. They seem like kind enough people. I think we could... Make some good friends here. Yeah, Jack's racking his mind trying to figure out, like, when they say spend some time here and speak with our ancestors, is that a symbolic gesture? Is that an actual thing that we would need to do? Is there a way to do that that seems obvious? Just trying to put it all in context, but mostly going with the flow, not almost paralyzed with that amount of, like, I don't want to destroy the evidence, but actually it's just people living in their house and he's, you know, trying to bridge that gap if you want to learn more about it or put the pieces together in your mind you can roll a religion check i'd love to 28 all right yeah you've heard of a ceremony that seems somewhat similar Mm. it would probably have to do with everyone involved communing with these spirits together over fire and sharing food and then prayer for some time I take a stab in the dark. Uh, Kevin, can we help prepare the food? Is there anything? I mean, we're, we're able-bodied. We're happy to work. How, how could you best put us to use? I'm afraid we are all hungry and have been for some time. Mm. Oh, that's awful. What, what's happened? It is a sickness. And you see in the mouths of all of these family caves now, people have come to watch you curiosity has overcome fear or trepidation and just blank curiosity on everyone's faces as they they watch your strange party converse with their more learned members did did you say caven that you hunger yes you're hungry and red snaps his head to jack and he says in a hushed voice to everybody when we went to marina Sindigathers, how she mentioned something about a hunger taking the north it was what renzo was dealing with. This problem doesn't seem like it's just the southern part of the Lurkwood. I, I think this might be something greater. Tell me about this sickness. One of our young members had to be chased from this home many days ago as he committed murder. It was with eating. Ah. Uh. 
He ate them? Yes. You know what, Red? I hate to say it, but you're probably right. Chief Wormblood was unable to eradicate this man. Yes, tell us about your chief, uh, this Chief Wormblood. Yalgrat here said that he was once a good man, but he sort of seemed to imply that he wasn't right now. She nods reverentially. Yes, Chief Wormblood gained power almost mm, 40 seasons ago. But in the past cycle, he has become abusive towards the tribe's members. He left two ten day ago, saying he was searching for lost tribe member. Two went missing, yes, a man and a woman, but they are young people and free. He has not returned. Well, may- maybe, you know, uh, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> we give a loud wink to the others. <laughs> As we're talking about this, and are we walking and talking or have we stopped somewhere? Yeah, you do a little walk and talk. They're they're giving you a mini tour of the place. Kraloth, while we're just walking and getting a tour, he's pretty quiet, but there's a look of concern on his face, and he sees Red turn and look at him and feels like he's just wearing his heart on his sleeve right now that this is disturbing information, but clearly indicates that he doesn't want to bring it up right now. Red nods. An elderly man leaning generously on a staff stares at you quizzically. As your group makes its way to the back of the cavern, you're able to see his features more clearly now. His creased face is stern and gentle at the same time, like he's someone used to caring for and disciplining children. (laughs) He doesn't wear the clothes of a barbarian, favoring instead a long gray cloak, his gnarled fingers bedecked with several rings. He's also wearing earmuffs, and he nods politely at you as you pass by. Oh, I give a little wave. I, 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 I kind of deviate from the group, and I kind of just go, go over to that guy. He seems great. Hello. Hello. Oh, do you speak common? I certainly do. Hi, my name is Red, Red-Handed Robin, and those are my best friends over there, uh, Kraloth, uh, that one, uh, Doran, that one, and, and Jack Jack Page at the end there. Uh, but guys, look! And I kind of point, obviously, to this man wearing earmuffs. Hey! We all kind of wave at the same time. Yeah, Kevin sort of steers the group back towards this conversation that's happening so that they don't lose Red uh, away from the tour. I am Enduzar Thezor. Invoker of the arcane and anthropologist and traveler of the north as of late, though I'm known to my friends as Andazar, and so you may call me such. What brings you to this doorstep? Andazar! What brings you here? That's so wonderful! Um, well, we just came down from the spine of the world, and uh, we're actually coming to various barbarian sites to, well, to inspect them, in a way. He laughs. I, uh, for myself, am come from many places in my days. As for days, my life has counted almost 100,000, if you can believe it. No way! I've been spending some time here with one of the primary colonies of barbarian peoples to learn about them and their culture. It's always been one of my chief pleasures 
to immerse myself in the biological milieu as opposed to reading about other accounts secondhand. (laughs) You're like like Jack here! And I spin around excitedly, almost hitting Jack in the face with my hand, trying to point (laughs) at him. Jack! No, 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 Red, he's an anthropologist. I'm an archaeologist. They're really different fields if you think about it. Like, I understand how you might get confused. He hobbles over to you, leaning heavily on the staff and takes you by the shoulder. A fellow academic, what a lovely surprise. Oh... Uh, Jack Page, nice, nice to meet you. Jack um, P- Page, you say from Waterdeep. Ah, the House of Wands. Ah, I, I see. I know it well. Yes, well. You know Waterdeep. You know the pages. I, as I have said, I have lived many days. We've been to Waterdeep, Doran. We've been to Waterdeep too. How funny is that? Yes, <laughs> all the way up here. And here we all are. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, studying the, these the sites of these people have, have been one of one of my uh, passions in, in life, but sort of before I, I've I've been on a, a quest recently, um, kind of a side turn for anything. You don't need my whole life story, but oh, I, uh, b- perhaps I do. Uh, maybe maybe later. But you you've been living here with them? Oh yes, for for the past few days. Where's your bed? Oh, just just down here. Cool. Red skips off. This <laughs> wonderful family has let me bunk with them, as it were. I think Red just runs exciting. into one of those little like hovels mm-hmm. and starts looking around. You just hear his muffled voice from the other room, being like, "Oh, wow, that's so cool. Do you? I wonder if he sleeps here. Mm-hmm. Is that comfy? He's oh, like, it is comfy. Uh, really, just seeping uh, in the culture gives me an excuse to practice my linguistic skills. Incredible. Uh, what what language is it that I I, I haven't. Um, I haven't had a lot of practice with like the live tongue of of these people. You know, have you you've been able to become fluent? Uh, Semi fluent, I would say. I I, mean, I wouldn't hazard a guess to to say just how pleasant my intonation is to their ears, but I do my very best. Ataros gu wanara ho, and someone laughs nearby, and he's like. <laughs> I, I just did my best. You have a nice bed. Not much stuff, though, Red says coming back. Very comfy, though. Well, I travel light when I do, <laughs> though I am getting up in my years. You don't look a day over, um, a hundred. He told you how many days he, he, he told you how many days he was alive. That's he, why I didn't finish the thought, Jack. <laughs> fortuitous that you should ar- arrive here. I've heard that Chifton can be quite unfriendly with outsiders, and I'm sure his return would see me evicted from my cherished. I'm sure he's not coming back. Don't in worry. In the cavern. Oh, wh- <laughs> Speaking of leaving and never coming back, what happened with this person that uh, that that ate someone? Ah, uh, yes, I did hear about that very sad story. Uh, the man's name was Ulverd, and he left. No shortage of carnage before he was chased out. Yes. Unfortunately, the people here are not doing well. They are nomadic peoples, as I'm sure you are aware, young Jack. But they have not seen the hunting and foraging parties for some time. The family units stay here, of course, protected by their elders. And he gestures up at the top layer of the cavern where these crypts are. So I I gather they've buried their dead up there. I was able to go up myself a couple of days ago. Um, They have to do some ceremony to ask permission. Mm -hmm. I required quite a bit of assistance to get all the way up there, not wanting to use magic, as you know. You're an archaeologist, you say? That's right, yep. 
And have you had a chance to visit other spirit bounds, or is this your first? Recently was at Shining White uh, of the um, Griffin tribe, obviously. And prior to that, had mostly my studies had had been a little, a few old giant sites and a handful of smaller tribal burial mounds in in and about the Sword Coast. Oh, very interesting. Kraloth, yeah. What do you say you and I go hunting? I want to try and get some food for these people, and I'm not going to be strong enough to carry it back. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to join you. And uh, quite frankly, this uh, intellectual talk uh, might be a little over my head. So, uh, yeah. You and me both. Uh, Jack, Doran, uh, Kraloth and I are going to go hunting. We'll see you soon. Oh, yeah, of course. Jack, this will give us a chance to study this stone. Yeah, the, uh, incredible stuff. Red and Crayloth, you're back out in the cold, but in the sunlight. It's maybe a bit refreshing from the gloom of the cavern. Ah, hopefully we can find something good for these people. They said there's not much around here in terms of meat, but mm. you know me, I have a pretty good ear for these things. Hmm. Well, not an ear, but... Oh, well, maybe some of these trees have some fungus, or uh, maybe there are things under the snow that we can... Uh, I'm sorry, Red, I'm a little distracted. I, um... Kraloth, you hear the footfalls of your captain behind you. He's been close to your side since you left the Cindergather mansion, rarely letting you from his sight. His figure wavers, translucent, and he just stares at you reproachfully. And Kraloth glances back at him and turns back and shakes his head and says to Red... This is important. I don't remember a lot from Barovia, but all of these happenings, the things we saw in Pella's Want, at Cinder Gathers, uh, uh, Marina's, now what we're hearing from these people, uh, this is all something that I've experienced before. You, you've experienced this? This, this uh, hunger? I... I I remember flashes. Um, there are certain memories that come back. Just, I can't quite grasp them, but I do know Trenieros told me a word that resonates in the worst way possible. Well, what is it? Have you ever heard of the Shadowfell? The Shadowfell? No. No, I haven't. You think that's part of all of this? And Red sort of looks around. And I think the woods, despite the day, you know, they have this ominous presence in this area. We know mm. that these cavern people have been dealing with this. That's why the woods are bare uh, from animals and shit. And maybe Red senses that a bit, being so in tune mm -hmm. with the, you know, uh, terrain. The two of you are walking through the shelter of this pine grove, their boughs and trunks growing thickly, perfuming the air with their sap. The soft crush of needles dampens the crunch from the snow, and moving deeper into the forest feels like sinking. It's very quiet. Look, if you think this shadow fell is behind any of this, then you need to tell Jack and we need to figure out if there's a solution. Why, why have you kept it to yourself? Uh, well... To be honest, I thought that, well, I don't know. I guess I really haven't given it much thought. Look, that's all right. I get it. You're very used to running away from your past and not thinking about the things that might be on your mind. But that's not how we do things now. we got to tackle this problem. Like the awesome 
fighters that we are. And Red sort of turns to look along the horizon to see if he can't spot an animal. Roll stealth, both of you. Let's see. Oh, happily. Roll stealth, everybody. No. 23. Four. Oh, no. (laughs) Red, you are silent as... A cloud passing over the moon, but Kralok is not so. (laughs) And as he kicks a pine cone, you see a flash of movement in the near distance. A small herd of deer, maybe 30 feet away from you, dash between the trees, startled at this sound. They scatter. There's five of them headed north, deeper into the woods, and three run headlong east. With lightning-fast precision, Red pulls an arrow from its quiver and fires it at the closest deer. Mm-hmm. Roll to hit. That would be a 29 to hit. Whoa! Wow. Pretty decent shot. You miss. <laughs> it explodes in a, <laughs> a shower of gore. I'll come a long way from missing a rabbit to hit a tree or whatever it was in episode one. And I think as the arrow sinks into the deer and it falls dead, the arrow hitting exactly its heart. He turns over his shoulder and looks at Kraloth and says, we're going to tackle this thing. Mm. Come on, let's go bring this deer back. Can you make a point of that we do take it apart and butcher it and eat it all? And it's not just hunting for the sport of it? That's my point. No, of course. You guys I think are people, eat it. I think it's crystal clear because these people are starving. Could you imagine? Let's just leave it there, Kraloth. Let's go home. Right. This I didn't is, think about that. Yeah, yeah. That, what a great rack on that one. <laughs> this is your personal... These are your morals? <laughs> huh? <laughs> is this where Alex shines? It was a very odd request. That's totally off. No, but I'm curious. <laughs> is that like an Alexism? No. Oh, okay. What? I was just thinking... We'll, just, I'm, yeah, we'll no. eat the deer. Don't worry about it. It's just a very bizarre we'll just, yeah, request. You saw it move. You shot at it. I didn't... I don't know. I don't know what you were going to mm-hmm. do about it. I just was going to say you should describe that. Mm-hmm. Kraloth is very eager for some venison. Uh, yeah, and I think Red sees that and he's like, right, but remember, these people are starving, Kraloth. Let's uh, let's get oh. their grumbly tumblies first, bud. Well, I wish you shot a second one. You find a young buck heaving its last breath into the snow, an arrow through its heart. Its legs kick once and then it's still, its eyes already fixed on nothing. There are some other tracks heading northeast. You know what? This isn't going to be enough for uh, everybody back there. Let's uh, let's take this one with us and let's see if we can't find something else. All right. And Red sort of heads towards the tracks. As we're we're moving along, Kraloth has the the young buck over his shoulder. He says, "I just wish I remembered things better. I mean, what would I tell Jack? Just oh yeah, there's something called the Shadowfell." I don't really remember what it is. I used to fight it, but now I don't remember much. You just deal Look, with that. Look, he's knowledgeable. You, you tell him exactly what you know, and maybe it'll lead us nowhere. But you know what? Stuff like this, we can't keep secret. Believe me, there's enough secrets between the four of us to, to keep us all up at night, Red says, as he looks longingly into the cold forest. <sighs> it's so easy to want to move on, you know, <sighs> and to find something new and fresh and... Get away from all that, but literally, ghosts from my past are following me. Yeah, yeah. We can't run from the past forever. And I'm sure there will be a day when all of our truths shake out, and and when that day comes, uh, well, we'll just have to remember how much we care about each other. Not you, Red. You've been honest and open ever since day one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I trust you with my life. I know you wouldn't keep anything from me, so I just hope that I can live up to your standard at some point, which isn't easy to do. You know, there's different layers to this stuff. You know, what if what if someone had information that could tear apart the fabric of a of a group? You know, that wouldn't be something you'd just want to divulge willy-nilly. You'd wait, hmm. you'd sit on it like an egg, and you'd wait until the appropriate time that it hatches, and, and then you would deal with the monstrous chicken that came out. You know, I thought that way too, but uh, it was you that, that showed me that I really didn't have that to worry about. In the end, the thing that I thought was going to tear apart the group actually brought us closer together. It was a good lesson to learn, and I appreciate your words of wisdom there. And I pat Red on the back. Yeah, and Red takes it like the pat, and uh, with sort of a, a pained smile, looks back, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, uh, my Kellumvor sense is tingling. Yeah, my, <laughs> my dick is tingling, too. You, you what? <laughs> you follow the tracks to a small clearing, Pine limbs pierced through with sunlight, no more than ten feet across. In the clearing, there's a deer browsing for bits of grass poking up through. And you see on the other side of the clearing, there is a boy. Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Ashley and JB, Michael and Brianna Weber, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Jessica Orrit, Jonah Goldman, and Mari Kneski. See you soon! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 